Well, we're, we're in summer, and um, I, I don't know what kind of memories you're going to make. One of the traditions that we've started in our family is um, each year we've started making a bucket list. And so last year we did uh, 17 things that we want to do in summer. And so these aren't overly epic things. Sometimes it's just like catch fireflies, you know, go get ice cream, some things like that, you know, go to Silver Dollar City, some stuff like that. So we, we made our list, our 18 things for summer 2018. I spilled water and it's everywhere. Um, and uh, I, one of the things that Lauren had Jude do, our, our oldest, um, is he's having to keep a journal um, this year of just all the things that we put on that list. Um, she just wants him to um, um, draw a little picture and write a little description, write a story. And so we've, we've accomplished one of our first things off the list, and I got permission from Jude just to share his overly descriptive and well-told um, story. So you're not, you can't see this picture at all, but there's um, us around a picnic table because this is the picnic that we went on. That was one of our, one of our things, just to go on a picnic. And um, I just appreciated his um, his viewpoint on this. So here's, here's Jude's story. Picnic, May 24th, 2018. We went to Sonic, but they were out of hot dogs. It's actually corn dog day, like 50 cent corn dogs, but hot dogs. So we went to Taco Bell and got tacos. And then we went to the park and had our picnic. We played, and then I had to go poop. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely love that when Lauren shared it with me. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, like, we legitimately got done with our picnic, and they had, they had to wait to play, and we were there for like 10 minutes, and we had to leave because of the reasons that you know. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Um, well, as, as we uh, get into this series, Radical Summer, um, we're going to be just talking about uh, how to have an awesome summer. And that can look a lot of different ways. Um, there's a lot of different messages out there of what that can look like, lots of different things to compare ourselves to and our experiences. Um, but we're going to be talking what it looks like to really have an awesome summer, one that, that speaks past just, uh, just the simple events of, of what we do. And I'm excited to dive into that. But as we approach this morning and just kind of getting into this, this whole series, um, I think summer, um, I, I just really want to challenge maybe your perspective of, of church. That's what I want us to think about for this, for this first um, day of the series, to challenge your perspective of church, because I believe that every one of us, to a certain degree, has a little bit of a narrow, narrow definition of what church is. Whether you're, you've grown up in the church or not, whether you're a Christian or not, I believe we all have a narrow definition. And that's not necessarily bad. That's just we have our, our own experiences, things that we've been told and things that we've seen. And I mean, in a lot of ways, that can't create like the full idea and the full definition of what church is. But maybe even past that, I believe that we a lot of times kind of have this dual idea of what church is. We have one thing that we believe and one thing that we actually practice. And so today, I want to challenge your perspective of what church is. And if you're uh, not a Christian in here, um, and you're not a Jesus follower, I'm super stoked that you're here as well. You're, you're welcome to hang out. This is like, hopefully you're getting engaged with the community. You're finding places to fit in. Um, but I just set you at ease, because we're going to be talking about things today as well as over the next several weeks that, I mean, honestly, they're a little bit more optional for you. But I really believe that you're going to get kind of a front row seat to what church is supposed to be like. And we're going to be talking about some things, that even as you're kind of on the fence and figuring out this God thing, um, I, I think that we're going to be talking about some things that will really bring some real meaning um, and help you have an awesome summer as well. 
Uh, so let's jump in. If you're following along in your notes, um, there's some paper copies, but as our world is more and more digital, we put all our stuff online. So if you're looking for notes, you can actually go to kingswaymo.info, and that takes you to our online bulletin, and under there you can find sermon notes, and you can follow along. You can even uh, save the notes, email them to yourself at the end if you want to If you want to add in notes yourself, all the abilities there, um, go to that. And there's just a couple people that it sounded like that wasn't working for them. You can also just go to kingswaymo.com, our normal like website, and then find Sunday bulletin on there. So little thing for you, because what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about four truths that summer reminds us about church. Four truths that summer reminds us about church. So number one, it's not a building, it's a people. It's not a building, it's a people. Now, um, I kind of, I feel like there's kind of two different types of people in here this morning when it comes to your approach to church in summer. There's, there's some that see summer as, that means I don't have to go to church. It's just, oh, yeah, you know, freedom from all responsibilities on the weekend because you got to make the most of the weekend, right? I mean, beautiful weather, lots of different things. Um, and so maybe, maybe churches, it's an optional thing. If there's no, nothing else better to do, you'll come. All right, that's, that's kind of one side. And then the other, others you have, maybe uh, church is just as important as um, it's like the other end of the spectrum. Church is just as important. You better not miss church. Um, I mean, you come every Sunday and you just judge the people who aren't here, right? Um, and then, but, but you have like a certain set number of vacation days that you can be gone and it's, it's totally okay, but you'll judge the other people when they'll be gone. I, I'm gonna have like this whole like idea of this, this is kind of the Pharisee type idea. I mean, that's me, to be honest. That's like my testimony is God continuing to save me from this Pharisaical way of pursuing God. But, but I mean, you know, it's two ends of the spectrum. We probably all find ourselves somewhere in the middle. But, but here's the thing. I really believe that um, whether, whatever end of the spectrum you lean towards, I, I think w- we have an opportunity to let, to be reminded about what church is not about a building, it's a people. You see, no matter what, we just find ourselves away from the building more in the summertime. We, we're out doing other things, family things, vacation things. I mean, we're on other sides of the world at time. And in no way am I like trying to say that the gathering isn't important because I believe consistently gathering and in Christian community is vital, totally vital. But it's not the end all. It's, it's, it's not the end zone. It's not the touchdown to come to church. See, the gathering serves the bigger mission. The gathering serves the bigger goal. And how easy is it that we just, we forget that? I mean, in Acts, uh, you know, all the, kind of the story, the history of the early church, um, every time the church is referred to, it's a, it's a group of people. Sure, they talk about the church in Ephesus, the church in Colossae, but it's talking about people that met in people's homes, multiple house churches. It's always, a, it's always about the people and, and not the building. And I just believe that this one simple thought, if we truly grasp or truly remember, remind ourselves it's not about the building, it gives way to a much larger perspective that is what we need to have on what church truly is. Uh, I love the way it says in 1 Peter 2.5, um, just kind of brings this whole idea, even of what the, we often associate as the building. And um, as he's talking here, he says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love, I love this just living stones in the spiritual house. That is what we, the people, the church are being built up into. 
I mean, you've, I love the, the per, whoever the first person is that kind of changed that old nursery rhyme, I think is just awesome. I mean, you know, we've all heard the, here's a church, here's a steeple, open the door, and here's the people. I, the, whoever did that, because it wasn't me, but I love remembering this as, you know, here is the building, and here is the steeple. Open the doors, and the church is the people. And it, this sounds simple. It might even sound cliche to some to, to, to articulate this and talk about this, but again, to begin to understand what church really is, we have to release ourselves from thinking it's all about these four walls. To think about church only happens here and in church-sanctioned programs. It's not a building, it's a people. Second truth that I think summer brings us to. It's not about a list of rules, but relationship. It's not about a list of rules, but relationship. I mean, the fact of the matter is summer disrupts like a lot of things, a lot of rhythms, a lot of things that are going on. And whether that's church attendance, um, for, for anyone that's trying to do like any of those good things to kind of grow, spiritually speaking, um, I know I'm talking to mainly just Christians right here, but those good things, reading your Bible and, and praying, um, what, you know, meeting with the Bible study, small groups, whatever, you know, things just kind of take a break. It's either to kind of push things to the side. Um, you find yourself just, I mean, even forgetting to do those, especially vacation. Anyone that's like, I mean, the struggle is real just to do uh, like any type of quiet time period, but you go on vacation and it throws everything off. But again, I believe what, what the rhythm's getting thrown off. I think if we let it, this allows us to see yet another perspective. It reminds us of what church really is. And the fact that it's not about a list of rules, it's about relationship. I mean, I, now again, I strongly believe that like everything I just listed is super important. I think there's ways of, of choosing to invest in our growth that are, that are vital. However, if we're honest, anyone who's been a, long, a Christian for a long time, I think they can be hindrances just as much as a help. Have you ever had this, and probably call me a heretic after this, but that's cool. Um, have you ever had this uh, happen um, where maybe you've just reached a time where y- you just have to stop reading your Bible? I mean, I know for me, I've just had certain rhythms in my life where it's become just a checklist. It's become just another thing to do. And, and I, I'm not even great about reading my Bible every day. Um, but it just, it's gone on where I'm like... I don't know, got to get it in. And I just see, I find myself in this rut. And literally, I, I've had this conversation with people where I've encouraged them to say, hey, what if you stopped reading your Bible for a little bit? Because if we're honest with ourselves, the things that, that, that help us pursue God, the things of God, it's really easy to let it become our God. It's really easy to fight for our significance and our worth and our value in what the things that are supposed to bring us to God. But, but it's not about a list of rules. It's, it's relationship. I love it in Hebrews 4, verse 14 and 16. It begins to show us this idea, um, just, this, just this fact that um, uh, when, when Jesus died, the gospel message, you know, the, the veil was torn in the temple. And the simple idea that we are no longer separated uh, from our, our heavenly father. We have no need for like a priest or a pastor, any one of the sort to help us uh, relate to God. Let me find it here. Man, you think finding scripture is hard? It's way harder on stage. 
All right, 414. All right, it says this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I mean, that's the good news, right? It's not about a list of rules. Like, we don't have to go through anyone. It's a relationship that Jesus opened up when he died on the cross and rose from the grave. It's relationship. And, and in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I mean, those first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 are just fantastic, but Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast we can't like earn our way into salvation in the first place. We can't earn our, our way into like God's favor after that. This whole like following Jesus thing, this whole like being a disciple of Jesus is all based on a free gift and accepting that and what, what that calls out of us, that whole bless to bless, what that calls out of us. And it's not about the list of rules. The rules, those, those things, they flow from the heart of our Father. They, they flow to bring life, not to, not to be a prison. And there's, there's good things that, you know, if, there's good rules out there that if we would have listened to when we were younger, it would have been great. But it's all based around the relationship. And anytime we get lost in the rules, anytime we get lost in church attendance or doing these specific things, we totally miss out on what church really is. And I love it. I love it in uh, Mark, uh, Mark twelve thirty. This is the one we're all familiar with, where, where he says, I'll let you put that up there, where he says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. He had been asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And this, this is one of those things I think um, we often just forget um, is a lot of times we think, when I say it's not about a list of rules, it's, it's a relationship, a lot of times we get focused on it's a relationship between us and God, and I don't think that's true. I mean, it's not true according to this verse. We like to focus on the it's just us and God thing, but the reason this gathering is important, the reason we encourage you to be in community with other, other believers and on smaller scales, the reason we, we call you to, we desire for everyone to serve others, to love our neighbors, is because it is, there is a, like, a symbiotic relationship. This call, loving God is loving people, and loving people is loving God. To forsake the relationship and the call for us to love our brother and sister that are sitting next to us or that live in the house next to us is to forsake our relationship with God. It's not about a list of rules. It's about a relationship. We've put a lot of, put a lot of um, kind of work behind the scenes over the last couple of years um, to trying to, as a, just a leadership here at Kingsway, try to just better identify who we are, kind of figure out our values, our strategy, and all these things. And it's, it's been a lot longer process um, than I think 
we thought starting out, but as we're really wanting to be faithful with what God has, has given us, what God has put in place here and trying to look into the future. But one of the things I love that just has flown out of that is this, this value. We have this kind of this list of values. Um, and one of those is just this simple idea that we want to be known by what we're for, not by what we're against. We want to be known by, by what we're for. I mean, in the same way in that parable of the prodigal son and the father just meets both his kids where they are and continues just to speak this love, this crazy, ridiculous, messy, doesn't make sense to me, love. And yes, there is truth. And there is justice that is part of that. But it's this, it's this idea of what church really is, that we'll be known by what we are for more than by what we're against. Number three, truth. It's not about the work of professional Christians but every Jesus follower. It's not about the work of the pros, but every Jesus follower. Who's the professional that comes to mind? Is it pastors, elders, missionaries, anyone that's written a book, you know, anyone that's spoken on a stage before? Because here's the thing about summer. We find ourselves in just interesting places. You know, whether it's um, around the world and with complete foreign people, <laughs> um, you know, just vacations, different places, just being around strangers. But um, even, even just like uh, family gatherings, I mean, you're around a lot of weird people there. And just like uh, your neighbors, like honestly, like how much our, our society is built around like not seeing our neighbors, not really even knowing our neighbors anymore. But in the summertime, there's lawn work there's barbecues, there's, there's just more opportunity where you see your neighbors. You have the opportunity, um, whether wanted or not, to interact with them. Um, and that's what, that's what summer gives us. But in, and I just, I imagine there's plenty of times, you know, for any Jesus follower anywhere, you're like, man, this person needs Jesus. <laughs> you have lots of opportunities for that, even in just in your immediate family. <laughs> but, but think about how crazy it is for your next thought to, to be, I need to get them to church. Or, man, I need to find a way for my pastor to come meet with them. I mean, like, that's just bad business strategy, strategy to start with. But more than that, that's like, that's completely missing the idea of church. That's completely missing the power of what it means that Jesus died and rose again and then sent every Jesus follower out to proclaim that awesome news says this in, in 1 Peter 2, 9. This is just one of my favorite, favorite verses. It says, uh, but you are a chosen people, talking to all Christians, everyone that's going to church, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I... I mean, the unfortunate thing is there's not a caveat like when he says you. There's not like a certain subset of people. If you've gone through a certain amount of education, then you are a chosen people. If you are a Jesus follower, if you have accepted that gift, not that we have deserved or earned, but that gift that we talked about in Ephesians 2, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are priests and you are pastors. That's, that's crazy. I still remember um, sometime this, this last year, 
you know, um, I love how kids are just figuring out the world, trying to figure out how, like, they're just interpreting different things. And uh, I was talking to someone here at church. I don't remember who it was, but Jude, um, our oldest, was is sitting next to me, and he kind of overheard. And um, we were talking about work, wherever this person worked. And that individual walked away, and Jude walks up to me, and he just says, oh, hey, Daddy, what, what church does he work at? And I was like, what do you mean, buddy? He's like, well, where is he a pastor at? <laughs> I was like, well, buddy, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't work at a church. And, and you know, we had just this little conversation. And just, he just had this understanding that all mommies and daddies who went to work were pastors. And in one hand, I'm like, well, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's not it. But in the other hand, it's kind of, yeah, that's totally it. I mean, the, the, the pros, <laughs> the people that are paid, myself, we're, we're not the professional Christians, Really, we're paid to empower. We're paid to encourage. We're, we're paid to help, to help organize. That's, that's part of what our role is. But we all together are the church. And to think that the work and the ministry is all about the pros is to completely miss the point. And it's, a complete, it's the way to completely like to, to miss your purpose in life, to be honest. We are all called to this ministry. And, I mean, again, we're gonna talk more specifically in weeks to come, but um, can I, like, that sounds daunting, and when you, especially, because I'm not trying to say everyone has to preach, you know, we're gonna have a sign-up list in the back on who gets to preach next week, or anything like that, so it's, it's, not, it's not about that. Um, but let me just tell you, like, anyone that's in, like, your mid-20s or down, I just, like, let me tell you a secret. And anyone who's like above those ages, I'm just gonna articulate something that we just need to make sure is all out in the open so we all, all know this. Here's the thing. Nobody knows what they're doing. All right? Like nobody knows. When you get into like a situation that you're scared of um, and you're like stepping out of your comfort zone, whether it's just uh, growing up in a job, whether it's being a parent, uh, no matter what, like no, everyone starts out having no idea what they're doing. Like, no idea. And, and I think it's always really easy, especially when it comes to, like, ministry thing and, like, starting to come, be able, come alive to this idea of what does it look like to be the church. Uh, we just look and we compare ourselves and we think, I mean, they would know what to do in the situation. No, my small group leader, my pastor, well, that, my other friend, I mean, they're gifted for this. They know what they're doing. And the fact, like, even in the job, like your boss, you're like, man, or you think about your parents and the decisions they used to make, and how do they know what to do? How do they know how to, like, just, and the fact of the matter is, every one of us, probably less often than we want to, or more often than we want to admit, we don't know what we're doing when we step into these things. Sure, there might be a calm surface, but we don't know what we're doing. And anybody that actually does, it's because they've stepped into that time and time again out of their comfort zone, just trusting that they gotta figure it out one way or the other. And experience is a, it's a pretty good teacher. It's, it's not about professional Christians. It's about every Jesus follower. And here's, here's number four that I think, that I think a summer allows us to see. Church is bigger than you think. It's, it's bigger than you think. I mean, again, you just find yourself in different contexts, different contexts. If, if you've ever gone on vacation and gone to church somewhere else, you have plenty of opportunity to just be like, wow, this is different, all right? There's plenty of places even around Mount Vernon or surrounding areas that if you go to church, it's, it's different. 
But it is so easy to, to like get caught in this myth that, I mean, I don't think we would say this out loud, but I think we, we act like it a lot, that the church is American. That like the scripture was written to like the Jews in Israel and America. Right? I mean, I think it's really easy to, to believe that. Again, stating it out loud, it sounds a little crazy, but I think we act like that when the church is so much bigger. I mean, what's the super familiar verse? John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he set up his church in just a couple different places. <laughs> no. That he sent his son to die for everyone. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the world proclaiming the gospel. Church is so much bigger than we think and summer gives us a chance to, rem to remind us of that. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to like, um, if you've ever gone to any national parks, like in America, that is a really international experience. Um, you'll hear uh, the number of different languages you'll hear in a national park is pretty awesome. Um, we went to Yellowstone a year ago, two years ago, a couple years ago, and um, um, I mean, I think it was, I think it was there. <laughs> Lauren was reminding me that uh, they have like signs in the bathrooms um, that <clears throat> tell you what not to do, um, like don't stand on the toilet and hunker down. And which seems crazy to me, but then you remember that there's certain cultures that are coming in there like, oh, this is this whole like above the ground toilet thing. It's a little new. It's a little different. And so like, you know, just have, um, but we went camping in Yellowstone. And I mean, even there, just this, we had this opportunity uh, at our campsite. Um, we had, we had a family that was from China. We had this couple that was from New Zealand. And we had a family that was from Germany, like right around us. And uh, especially this family, this family from Germany, they were super friendly. And so they kind of kept getting invited over um, just for just hang out, dinner. We did s'mores one night. And uh, again, you just have those experiences that expand your understanding and perspective of what the world is. And they weren't Christians. Um, they, they would say they've been to church some in their past, but they weren't very religious. And um, we just sat down and talked to, I mean, culture questions and just differences and their experience. They were going on like this huge trek all across America for a couple months because apparently you get vacation for a couple months. I'm, I'm in. Um, but, but, I mean, as we sat there, we, we talked about church. We talked about politics. I mean, it's a big difference to hear everything about worldwide politics on the news. It's a completely different thing to talk to someone who, who lives there and experience and hear their opinion. And as we just got to share there with them, it, again, just this reminder of like, wow, the church is alive all around the world. And as I, as I even got to just kind of hear some of their brokenness, it's one thing to like realize or remember that there's brokenness all around the world, but it's a cooler thing to remember that the church is all around the world. And that uh, sometimes over the, uh, the, important, the important role that we get to play in this awesome country that we're in, that there's, there's mission and there's a purpose that expand way, way past the success of America. Never to neglect the faithfulness that you get to be for where you're at. But the church is so much bigger than we think. And Kingsway plays a small part in a much greater work. 
that's humbling and that's, and that's awesome. Church is so much more than a building, programs, and events. And I really think if we let it, summer kind of allows us to remember that. Um, maybe the, the definition that we've talked about here before that I, I really enjoy is, is church is a movement of people on mission. That's what church is. is we took um, last couple years, have gone through the book of Acts and just looked at the early church and tried to say, like, what, what is church as a reminder? I mean, there's lots of cultural things that have changed, but there's a core to what we see in Acts, to what we are called to be in church is a movement of people on mission. It's a movement. It's not a bureaucracy. It's not about committees and red tape and, and making all these, it's, it's a movement. It's not a country club. It's like a grassroots movement as perpetuated by God's crazy and messy and weird love calls us out of our comfort zones. It's all about the people, not the building, not the pros, but every Jesus follower. And it's about God's mission to redeem and restore a broken world, the whole world. It's a movement of people on mission. So today, I simply want to invite you to open your eyes to what church is, to what it looks like to be the church and the opportunities that are around us to do so. Because church isn't somewhere we go, it's who we are, it's what we do. So like, when you're not here at the building on Sunday, be the church. When it's Tuesday, be the church. When you're with your family, whether at home after a long day or on a stressful car trip, be the church. When you're at work, be the church. When you're in the backyard, when you're mowing, whenever you accidentally go out and get your mail at the same time as your neighbor and you have to actually talk with them, be the church. When you're in your office, be the church. Because what I really want to tell you this morning is this summer, don't go to church. Be the church. Uh, now, I think you can easily think this is a little cliche or, or too simple, but this is just a simple truth that we easily neglect for our own comfort, right? The choice and the church, to, the church that decides to be the church is the one that makes a difference in the community, the one that chooses to make an impact in the world one person at a time and one relationship at a time. Now, talking about this only gets us so far, it's one of those things that we can define it, we can talk through it, all these things, but the choice to not actually, to, to, to do it is when we actually understand it. Because we can come up with all the excuses of why, again, we can believe that church is one thing, but we can act like it's a completely other thing. And I wanna challenge that perspective. And that's the beauty of, of serving our God as we take on this messy endeavor. He just calls us to trust us his, to be faithful and then trust him with the results. And this might sound really daunting, but again, what we're gonna do over the next seven or eight weeks is talk about super practical ways of what this looks like. Because I can guarantee it's probably simpler than you think it is when we get practical. And you're, pro you're definitely way more qualified for it than you think you are. Let's allow the craziness of a summer to remind us what church is, to help us open our eyes to the opportunities we have to be the church. Uh, as we close, I want to read just one story for you. And this is one person's um, account, one person's writing. Um, uh, this is some, a Christian who lived in Germany through the Holocaust. 
And he wrote, and this is just a small part of what he wrote, and I just want to read this as we end this morning. I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust. I considered myself a Christian. We heard stories of what was happening to the Jews, but we tried to distance ourselves from it because what could anyone do to stop it? A railroad track ran behind our small church, and each Sunday morning we could hear the whistle in the distance. And then the wheels coming over the tracks. And we became disturbed when we heard the cries coming from the train as it passed by. We realized that it was carrying Jews like cattle and cars. Week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we knew, we knew that we would hear the cries of the Jews en route to the death camp. And the screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming. And then we heard the whistle And when we heard the whistle blow, we began singing hymns. By the time the train came past our church, we were singing at the top of our voices. If we heard the screams, we sang more loudly, and soon we heard them no more. Years have passed, and no one talks about it anymore, but I still hear that train whistle in my sleep. God, forgive me. Forgive all of us who called ourselves Christians, yet did nothing intervene we don't have uh, train tracks running right behind the church that are carrying Jews millions of Jews to their death but the same temptation exact same tension remains that we will drown out the cries of the broken and the needy and the hurting which we were once part of or still part of that we will drown them out through our church programs our church events, our checklists, our rhythms of life have to do more with going to church than truly being the church. The danger is just the same that we'll trade God's mission for our comfort. So that's the thought I want you to think about is don't go to church this summer. Be the church. Let's pray.